video podcast, a series of occasional vidcasts tackling topics that we wouldn't normally cover in our audio show. On this show we are covering one of the unsung heroes of Doctor Who. Without this person working tirelessly behind the scenes, dedicating his life to his craft, Doctor Who would not be the show that it is today. This man's skill and expertise helped to bring to our TV screens the fantastical cities and wonderful spaceships that brought Doctor Who to life. But this is a man whose life is surrounded in mystery. Yes, in this episode, we are celebrating the life and work of Derek Boring. Little is known about Derek Boring's early years, but what we do know is that he had a tough upbringing. Born into a working class family in Twatley on Sludge, Derek's parents showed little interest in their son's artistic leanings. His father, Arbuthnot Boring, was a well respected sheath maker and had young Derek's life mapped out by making Derek follow him into the sheath-making business. However, as the world of contraceptives did not interest Derek, Arbuthnot disowned his only son, disappointed that the family tradition was coming to an end. However, as he needed someone to apply the ointment to his jock itch, he kept Derek on as his personal medicinal applicant. But what of Derek's mother? Elsie Boring had a career as an illegal backstreet boxer. Managed by feared boxing promoter Twinkle McBastard and his child protege Prometheus Tetley, Elsie's sole claim to fame was knocking out ex-world heavyweight champion Max Schmeling whilst arguing over a bar tale in Jeremy Clarkson's 80s nightclub, Plops. However, young Derek managed to pull himself out of his illegal boxing and jock itch hell and enrolled at the University of Arts Catford. Again, not much is known about his time there, but what we do know is that his mentor at the university was an, was an art teacher who simply went by the name of Ponce. This is the only known photo of her. Ponce encouraged Derek to follow his dream, which we now know to be designing and building models for Doctor Who. We've managed to track down the very design that Derek submitted to the BBC of a redesigned Dalek. This was enough for the BBC to engage his services. Before he managed to get his dream job on Doctor Who, Derek served his apprenticeship at the BBC by contributing to such shows as Are You Being Served, who had designed and built a robotic cat, which later found its way into Sylvester McCoy's final story, Survival. It is also known that outside of his work at the BBC, Derek Boring also designed and built the props and puppets for Button Moon, at the request of Peter Davison, who sang the theme tune for the show. Derek always maintained that this was his finest work. But Derek's time at the BBC ended in mystery. While working on the Doctor Who story, Warriors of the Deep, Derek Boring disappeared. To this day, it remains one of the police force's greatest unsolved cases. However, certain rumours persist to this day. Also working on Warriors of the Deep was monster acting titan Hamilton Prickwillow, who it is rumoured did not get on with Derek Boring. The story that echoed around the corridors of the BBC was that Prickwillow was complaining that Boring had glanced at him whilst he was stepping into his Merca costume. Prickwillow, being superstitious, took this as a bad omen and blamed this glance on his sacking from the production after his accidentally punching Peter Davison in his genital cluster. Prickwillow was rumoured to have later that day offered Boring a lift home when filming had finished. Boring was never seen again. 
Prick will never discuss what happened that night and it appears that it has taken that particular secret to his grave. However, while working at the BBC, Derek took part in a self-congratulatory documentary about the people who worked behind the scenes at the BBC called A Big Pat on the Back and contains the only known footage of Derek Boring recorded. Unfortunately, this documentary never saw the light of day and until recently had thought to have been lost forever. But thanks to the sterling work of William Ballbag from the curation of Unique National Television, whose search for lost television series in all four corners of the globe, discovered that this documentary was sold to San Marino RTV, and after extensive negotiations and bribery, Ballbag secured this unique footage. And I'm very proud and excited to tell you that the Who's He podcast has been given the exclusive rights to show you this unique footage. The quality of the surviving footage is fairly poor, and there are only a few minutes worth that we can show, but I think you will agree it is a fascinating insight into the secretive world of BBC FX. So, we are proud to present to you the only surviving footage of Derek Boring. Actually, my first um, foray into working on Doctor Who was a story called Frontier in Space. Uh, you know, the one where John Pertwee escapes from prison each week. Um, anyway, I was approached to build uh, the Draconian spaceships and I, I really wanted to do something to upset the status quo when it came to uh, model building. So I wanted to bring sexual imagery um, into the design and build and that is something I've always been interested in, um, you know, re really since university. So I had this idea um, to design the front um, of the draconian ship to look like a woman's breast. Um, yeah, n nothing too overt, but enough that the audience um, at home would, would, would know what it was. Um, so I submitted the design to uh, Bernard Wilkie. Um, I'll never forget what happened when he first looked at it. Um, he just sort of stroked his chin, paused for a moment, and said, this looks like a booby to me. Uh, I just said, I, I don't know what you mean. And he just turned and said, OK, build it. Um, but this was the next challenge, as we had absolutely no budget. Um, and, and, and when I mean no budget, I really mean that. There wasn't a single penny to spend on it. Um, I was told later that most of the budget went on the hair lacquer uh, for John Pertwee's hair, which I can believe, to be honest. Um, so I hunted around the BBC offices um, and found a pair of joke shop plastic breasts. Um, in the desk drawer of the Director General of the BBC and I found a penis pump uh, left lying under one of the tables in the BBC canteen. So I glued them together, uh, stuck a few fins on and I was very pleased with the overall effect, to be honest. Uh, the, the, the problem was someone sprayed it silver uh, so the sexual imagery I was going for was, was lost. Um, and the ship just really ended up looking like something Metal Mickey would attach to himself for an adults-only show. Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, another story I recall working on uh, was Revenge of the Cybermen. Um, and again I was called on to build a spaceship for the production. Um, and, and this time um, it, it was the Cybership. Um, by now Philip Hinchcliffe was the, um, the producer. Um, and he was really pushing boundaries in making Doctor Who a bit more adult. 
so naturally I took the opportunity to mix things up again um, and build um, a ship with sexual undertones. Um, I thought about a design um, of the Southern themselves and realised that they were missing genitalia. Uh, so I hit upon the idea that the cyber ships would be like a penis extension. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I drew a design that was fairly explicit and I did very little to hide what I was trying to achieve. Um, head designer uh, Jim Wald uh, took one look at it and just shook his head. Um, I was then summoned to Philip Hinchcliffe's office and was told in no uncertain terms that I wasn't to turn Doctor Who into a third-rate porno. Uh, I think it was getting pressure from above at the BBC, uh, but I was really determined that I would get my design through somehow and um, really just not have my artistic license compromised. Uh, so I toned down the overtly sexual nature of it, um, but still managed to make the ship look fairly like a gentleman's member. So I wasn't too disheartened. Um, in, in fact, after the show was broadcast, um, my friends remarked, that it looked like an Art Deco dildo. Well, I took that as a compliment. I'm constantly thinking of new ideas to, to, to bring to the show. Um, sometimes they get accepted, sometimes they don't. Um, sometimes these ideas are just too big for the BBC, to be honest. Um, I mean, I was, I was really quite upset that the BBC um, refused to let me work on Alien. Um, I, I submitted designs for the Alien to Ridley Scott. Um, as I, I knew that my approach with sexual imagery would, br would bring something really different to the table. Um, plus, I'd never been able to design a, a, a creature at the BBC, so I was really able to let my um, imagination run riot. Unfortunately, though, um, 20th Century Fox currently own my designs, so I can't share them with you, but the, really the creature I designed was a, a humanoid plant-based life form uh, that had a, sort of like a head like a, a, a cauliflower and a face that looked like, um, uh, well, I, I don't really know how to say this, I, I, I suppose you could say a face like a lady garden. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but, but anyway, um, instead they chose H.R. Giger to design and build the creature, and I, I was really disappointed when I saw it. Um, I mean, they chose him over me because he was cheap. Um, I wanted to be paid in money, um, and he did it for a cheese sandwich a day and a curly whirly. But, but getting back to the sexual nature um, of the imagery that, that Giga introduced, um, I just thought it was too obvious. I really did. Um, I mean, the alien's head looking like a massive wanger. Um, but but the, um, anyway, the, the really disappointing thing is that the design I submitted will probably never see the light of day. Um, I, I, I did also submit the design um, to the BBC at the same time I submitted it for Alien. Um, but I, I, I don't think the BBC would, you know, really be that brave to do it. It's a, it's a shame, really. Shame. Well, there you have it. Derek Boring, a real maverick of the BBC, who Sally never got to see his plant-based creature with a face like a lady garden, realised on Doctor Who. Or did he? See you next time.